0: Welcome to the Business Mentor Podcast. This podcast is where we share and discuss the experiences, ideas and happenings in the world of business, featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction in your journey. Introducing your host,
1: award-winning entrepreneur and Prince's Trust business mentor, Jay Dillon. So welcome to the podcast. You know, for my listeners and viewers who don't know much about you, I don't know where you've been because you're all over social media, you, 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 you're everywhere. You, know, you started the brand Grenade with your partner Juliet and um, for 27 pounds to 72 million sold it to Lion Capital which I mean, assuming so that's an investment firm. And uh, you know, I read an article where it's tipped north of 200 million, the retail value which goes out. Um, and there was, a, there was a little article which I read which is tipped for it to be the next billion dollar brand. Which is uh, amazing. I saw that,
0: yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't write it. Uh, yeah. So just to, yeah. to back, it, we actually started with five hundred quid. With a, it was a passport to export loan.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: trading from home, and then cut an extremely long story short. And obviously, yeah. it's our tenth anniversary today. Yeah. that um, we uh, we sold some shares. We where we worked our nuts off solidly for like four years uh, after starting the brand two thousand and ten. Uh, we 500 quid. We didn't employ anyone because we couldn't afford to. So we just, for four years, we didn't take a salary. We didn't take a day off. But after four years, then we had employed a few people. I think there were six of us. Six of us and four cats. And then uh, Growth Point Capital came in and valued the business at 35 million pounds. So we sold broadly half the shares, putting us into a minority. We hit the reset button, carried on. Uh, they exited in 2017 and Line Capital came in for two million. So again, broadly, we sold half our shares, hit the reset button and carried on. And then uh, collectively now, we've still got uh, 30, uh, 28% of the brand, I think it is. Um, and then, you know, who knows what the valuation is, because the last clean valuation we had was when, you know, Line came in. Um, I mean, trading's been really good, you know, coronavirus uh, side. March was the best month we've ever had. Uh, you know, April was not the best month we've ever had. Um, but Yeah, we're having lots of fun. We've got 100,000 retail locations just in the UK that sell our product. Uh, We're in 80 countries. We just found out this morning that, you know, we're gonna go live in Woolworths in Australia and we've got half of that bar set is is gonna be ours. Um, And as I like to call it, we are probably constantly distracted by positive opportunity many good things going on. That's actually one of the difficult things we've always had with Grenade. We've always got to really try and refine the best opportunities because every day something comes in, people, you know, whether it's gym equipment or clothing or different opportunities, different countries, licensing agreements. Um, there's just there's just so much good stuff to go through. And obviously this COVID's kind of, um, uh, you know, given a massive shake-up, so things have changed quite quickly. Um, but things will get back to normal at some point. And we're just enjoying for the moment probably – Having got the pause button on the business, so having we're doing things that we wouldn't normally have time to do it's really made us focus more on uh, our dot com business which you know we should have been doing anyway and we were doing but it's accelerated that um, but we're still doing new product launches we've got a new product launch coming out um in a few weeks' time um which again is superb so you know who's doing new product launches at the moment and we could have easily not done that but we've decided to do it and as much as we can kind of have business as, as normal because there's so much doom and gloom and negativity out there um we just you know people want to get back to training and going to the gym and doing things they enjoy and you know these are aspects of things that i think people are kind of missing so we want to try and give people normality as much as we can
1: now awesome awesome that's great and you know that's a great way and it is that there is a lot of negativity around but i think like i said before there's a lot of positive stuff is 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 how you look yeah. at things what lens are you looking through you know there's always growth yeah. opportunities. Out of interest,
0: what are a couple of positives for you in the current situation? What what, what do you currently prefer about
1: yeah, the current situation? What what a great question to ask because I've interviewed a lot of people. We interviewed a billionaire, so I've been trying to get as much information for my listeners. But I think the positive thing for me is that the economy was doing well. I know a lot of people say it wasn't, but my eyes, the economy was doing really well before this happened. So it's not yeah. like we've gone into a major c- catastrophe. This is for me is a bit of a pause button. And I know there's going to yeah. be an impact later on. But for positive for me is when we get out here, there's going to be more demand, more money in the economy, because obviously uh, the chances print a lot of money to get this going again. So for me, I can only see positives. And, you know, and I'm looking around, you know, I'm walking around my area and I'm not seeing anyone panicking. In fact, I'm seeing people smiling. I'm seeing people have had time to, to pause. You know, I've spent more time with my young daughters now to go yeah. for walks. I appreciate life more. And I've yep. enjoyed having the conversation. Them? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And so, so for me, sorry, uh, on your topic of your question is, I think, I think a lot of us hit the reset button, like you said, in your business. You know, I've done so much planning. You know, getting, sharpening that saw, basically. And I think a lot of people are going to come out a bit more happier. That it might. That's my opinion. You know, there's maybe... Do you know, and, and
0: I think I, I put a post on the LinkedIn, actually, a few days ago. And I, I I just very quickly typed it on the phone, sat in the sauna, as you do. Alan, um, I I Alan, one second.
1: Alan, put... one second. Something's coming in. Ah, oh, oh, it's a grenade. <laughs> yeah, fair. that
0: was, yeah.
1: A was a terrible that catch. That was a terrible catch. And my that daughter. would have been really sorry. funny if, <laughs>
0: if, if she'd frozen it. Yeah. So it's rock solid. Yeah. Um, and and then hit me. You, hit, hit you in the face, knocked you out. <laughs> and I'd be sat here quietly, just as you sort of just were just in like a bit of a heap on the floor. But like, i oh, slightly awkward. I'll just carry on. The, I'll interview myself. Yeah.
1: What was that, Jay? What's the positives? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the positives?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Jay, <laughs> Jay Dylan's dead. But uh, on the positive note, uh, yeah, the podcast just went up a notch. Um, and i have pro- probably sure died on their own podcast before. Um, no, you, you're quite right there in terms of uh, the, the, the positives. And actually, I've, this LinkedIn post I did, I, I just finished it with um, the, just the sentence of, you know, 2020 is going to be the year that we lost a year, but yeah. we'll have gained a lifetime of perspective. And, and I think it's, I, I, I don't think I've had too many surprises as to what I really value, because I like to try and think I'm really grounded. And, you know, of course, I value time at home nice bit of weather walks in the countryside all this i've always actually valued that and it's nice to have all the you know supercars and and luxury stuff and that's brilliant but i've always enjoyed the basics i like training and uh, because of that i've actually always set my house up to be fairly self-sufficient so i've got my own gym here things like that so all the things that are important to me i'm sort of surrounded by got my own veg gardens and quite self-sufficient for veg things like that so I value all that stuff, and I always have done. I'm not sure many of the people did. I think there were a lot of people really caught in the in the rat race, which I was as well, you know, and, and, and we all were, and you just get caught in the day-to-day and commuting and jumping on planes and flying around the world and doing business, and, you know, you're very much caught up in meetings. And I think it's been really nice um, to pause all of that and work out kind of, you know, what, what you miss. I don't miss a huge amount, actually, from, uh, you know, the early start of the year or how things were, but it does make you realize what I was missing uh, in terms of, you know, never being at home. I've really missed never being, home. I mean, I haven't got children, but obviously you've got children. So you're kind of missing your kids growing up. And that's just part of the, you know, everyone has to go to work and I never saw my dad much when I was growing up because he was always at work. Yeah. And that's something maybe that will, will perhaps change in the next few months. People will work from home more and value and, you know, value relationships and going for a walk with your neighbors and, you know, being a friend and all these things now that you can't do. Maybe people value that a bit more
1: yeah and i think you know it's it it is an interesting time because like you said spending more time the reset button is so important and sometimes yeah we have a reset button when it's forced on us when the recessions come and everything's crashed you know you you've you've built your business in the recession i got caught up in the last recession so this has been a pleasant thing where the government have said look we're going to pause it but we're going to help you and let's be honest i've been quite surprised how much the government have helped um, you know, with the. the oh, yeah, out. I have.
0: I've had a lot of criticism and I've never done a lot of things wrong. I've done a lot of things right. And to be honest, who'd want that job? I mean, it, oh, what a difficult situation to be in. They're going to get criticized no matter what they do. And they can only ever, like we all can, have the benefit of hindsight. But of course, they've done things wrong looking back. But looking back, we'd have all won the lottery last weekend, wouldn't we? Because we'd know the numbers. So, you know, that hindsight is so ridiculously powerful. Um, and yeah, this is a really weird. Uh, situation to be you know where they have a recession there's obviously going to be like an economic decline really weird in the sense that this is the first time i think ever that things are closed because they've been forced to close yeah. not because they weren't viable businesses Um surprised me actually as well how ropey a lot of businesses were and how quickly they tumbled. which to be fair as well they probably weren't very good businesses in the first place i mean you know fly b yeah couldn't survive the first two days of this i mean i know it's hit the airline industries hard but i mean they they were like they you know they'd have gone within a week I think without coronavirus um, so I don't know what was going on there but um, yeah they must have been saddled with probably so much debt uh, from you know previous deals and refinancing or whatever they just just couldn't operate because um, yeah, yeah. it can't because it wasn't a viable business you know those planes were full I think a lot of the fares were probably too cheap it was it was it was three times the price to travel by train on the same journey Please. than to fly which I don't understand.
1: Yeah, that's interesting, because you're right, you know, businesses, you've got to be fit, you know, you've got to be fit enough to, and I talk about a podcast two years ago, and obviously I look a big recession in, my, in the last recession, but your business got to be able to sustainable, because even though we've had this lot of breakdown and meltdown, a business can have that at any time, you know, anything can change, yeah, oh, you, yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's one reason actually that um, through this current situation and the last recession as well, I've always worked in health and fitness, because it's what I've enjoyed. And luckily I think it's one of those things that they really value. So I think it's one of the last things to get hit if there's a recession, because you know, if it's a gym membership, gym memberships are cheap, you know, for sort of whether you're paying 20 quid a month or you're paying 70 quid a month, you've still got somewhere you can go seven days a week for 12 hours a day and get fit and healthy and use the sauna and swim and all that sort of stuff. It's like, it's pence per day. Um, and I think that's one of the last things that, that, that'll go. I can understand that, you know, weekends away, hotels, restaurants, you know, going out for meals, I can understand all that sort of gets cut quite quickly because they're, they're just nice to have. Um, but it's interesting how many people now stand that are enjoying, for instance, cooking from home. We're going to be so much better off and healthier as a nation because more people are going to cook stuff from scratch as opposed to just buying, you know, ready meals and flying around the world on these 10 quid package holidays and all this. And I think a lot of that's going to go. And I just don't think that's sustainable
1: yeah and I'm, you know we're fortunate and you know got, we've got gardens and i've enjoyed the garden you know we we've just enjoyed yeah, yeah, spending I time it. you know it's so it my
0: favorite month
1: yeah exactly yeah. I, you know growing up of, you know we're probably a similar kind of age about 40 plus kind of thing but the thing for me is is <laughs>
0: uh, after you obviously no, you're,
1: you seriously? i'm, I'm you're, 43 you look younger than me i'm 41. okay so so we had a hard life, we we hard life.
0: life. <laughs> did, what, did you have a massive paper round
1: I had a massive, oh my God, you've you read my story, haven't you? Have you read my story? But no, what I'm saying is, you know, when we are growing up, obviously, there was a lot more time spent with families. You know, kind of thing, because on Sundays, like, for example, town was kind of shut. There's a more time, downtime. Whereas I think recently with the internet, which has been great, it's a 365. Everything's happening all the time. So I think you're right where people are going to appreciate this time a lot more. Um, and... I always think, how are you going to use this time, you know, and I've used it wisely. There's always a time to use it planning, you know, preparation as much as having downtime. It's a great time to you know, look at what you're doing and strategize.
0: Yeah, definitely. I um, Yeah. Using the time wise is a really good point, actually. When this didn't wasn't really a huge surprise when this happened, we could sort of see this probably happening potentially from January. And we planned at Grenade for st- something like this fairly early, and actually, we locked down voluntarily before we were told to, just because it seemed like a good thing to do. We'd already started to really reduce our travel, and I know that we were a group of us travelled overseas, about ten of us, uh, late Feb, very late Feb, and Ivan said to the guys, "Then, you know, if you don't want to go, don't go. We'll take precautions." So we were being st- super sensible anyway. Um, and then when this kicked in, you know, we 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 we'd already got plans in place for people working from home and I think we've picked up the mantle, you know, pretty, pretty comfortably. Um, our biggest issue really has been stores that just shut. Um, or you know potentially retailers just kind of making fairly bad decisions in stores as to what they stock. Um, but we've seen a huge shift as well uh, of products going online and more people buying digitally, you know, as you said. But yeah, the first few weeks, it was kind of the, all these plans were put in place. And I thought, well, this is a bit strange. Because, you know, my, uh, my day-to-day work, you know, going into the office and doing stuff and lots and lots of face-to-face meetings, and lots of travel, all changed very quickly. Um, and then, you know, for the first few weeks, it's strange. And then now I'm busier than ever. You know, every hour of every day, I've got something booked in. Um, and it kind of makes me wonder how I ever used to drive to work. Because I've got a two-hour commute. Um, you know, there and back, but now I'm sort of panicking when we go back to the office, like I've got to fit the commute in as well as everything else I do. Cause I'm, I feel I'm productive from when I get up to when I go to bed, I've, I've, I've never worked, um, not so hard, but I've never worked so many hours, but it feels, um, productive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I said actually, uh, that, that just a, a few hours ago, it, grenade now to me feels like a starter again, which I'm actually quite enjoying, you know, cause we've got like 70 staff and it's a pretty substantial business but I quite enjoy the, the rawness of it being a startup and not knowing the answers and kind of having to think and come up with um, solutions to some of these problems that no one's really got the answers to. So I really enjoy that. I'm more of a wartime leader than a, a peaceful yeah. leader. So I quite, I quite like the challenge.
1: I love that because um, I, I'm, I'm doing a Ted talk and the Ted talk is around the migrant mindset because my granddad's were in the army and my parents came okay. from India. And I've always taught philosophy of going to zero. So when you're talking about that mindset, That is a mindset of going to zero and starting again. And it's so exciting just to think of new ideas, a different kind of lens. And uh, yeah, I'm excited because sometimes as entrepreneurs, it's about overcoming that challenge. And as much as you have the worry, you know, but if you've got the freedom to just do it, um, that's great. But when you're forced to adapt, you know, you kind of roll your sleeves up and get on with it, don't you? Get on with the fight. Yeah, uh,
0: we've always been like that. Jules and I said, you know, when we were a couple of years into Grenade and and we could have easily gone bankrupt so many times. We even had the conversation, what would happen if we went bankrupt? Because it's just you just got to kind of get it out. But as a husband and wife team with no staff and no kids, we just thought, actually, if something goes wrong, it's only, you know, it's only ourselves to blame. Uh, But, you know, we'd have been digging holes for a tenner a day if we had to, just to, like you said, roll your sleeves up and, and get stuck in. Um, And... Uh, yeah i'm not sure how common that mindset is i'm not sure how common you know it is for people to really go and roll their sleeves up um but we really enjoy that aspect of um being very hands on and and every time there's you know for all the negativity as well we just sort of see opportunity really um because there's so much doom and gloom on the news and it's easy to sit around and be fed up isn't it um and i think it's just nice to be able to go off your ass and, and be able to hopefully you know navigate a a way through and then we've done it as well with obviously supporting the nhs and donating lots of products to the nhs and that and and hopefully do some good along the way so hopefully i'll look back on this period that you know huge reflective period learned a lot um you know the trading was the trading prior to us going into lockdown you know the the business was absolutely just, just skyrocketing i feel it'll all come back maybe in different locations um, but hopefully look back on the fact that, you know, we, we, we helped the NHS and hopefully family and friends and loved ones, uh, you know, aren't, aren't ill. Cause obviously the, the loss of life is just, is, is horrific. Um, so you no, know, no one would, we don't want to you know, trivialise any of this in terms of what's going on. Cause it, it's, it's appalling. But, and I said, actually, when this happens, this brings out uh, the, the worst in people from all the profiteering that we've seen, but also it brings out the best in people as well.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, history will judge the people who try to help people. Like, for example, you know, I've just been, you know, I've seen the work here in the NHS. It's phenomenal. I've bought the Prince's Trust. So I've been trying to help business entrepreneurs just by giving these free podcasts, recording, or editing yeah. it. You know, we don't make money from the podcast. You know, it's not a profitable thing, but it's about giving something mm-hmm. back. And I think a lot of people will, uh, you know, they'll look back at this period. And if they have profited from it, it won't look good for them. And uh, people have nah. long term memories about these kind of things.
0: Yeah, I hope so. And actually, I don't think we should underestimate, because I genuinely do underestimate this, actually, but I have so many messages a day from people who are inspired or um, thank me again, you'll be getting the same, for just podcasts or webinars that um, that we've done. And I've just done something recently where I've pledged to give half an hour a week to help other businesses. Um, and it's surprising how some of these businesses, they can have just really quick, simple questions that because, you know, they don't know what they don't know because they haven't gone through the same cycle that we've probably been through. uh, It's actually a relatively easy answer. You can reassure people really quickly. And I've I've said some things to some businesses and they're so excited. It's like you've just shown them fire, you know, for the first time and it it makes a big difference because if you can cut that learning curve down and I I always said, it's great to learn from your mistakes, but you can learn from someone else's. So I'm giving the benefit of other people, you know, the benefit to learn from my mistakes. And yeah, that, that really cuts that learning time down from maybe years to months or weeks. And people really appreciate that. So I sometimes uh, underestimate perhaps how powerful that is. So I try and do more of these things, actually.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Just
0: because it, 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 it does benefit. And again, it's it's better than putting the news on and them moaning at the government about PPE or who's died or who hasn't died Whoever can't tell who's died or because they don't know and they don't count deaths at the weekend because they don't count and all this stuff and it's just so bloody
1: frustrating. <laughs> it, it is, it is. It really is. Yeah, and, and, and you know what, Giving that 30 minutes that you didn't pledge 30 and I think it's amazing because obviously the podcast, you know, two years later people realise why I, I brought this in because of my experience in 2009 with a mentor helped me get over the line and that I know the power yes. of, of like, that's the difference between a coach and a mentor. Just a mentor just can do it based on experience and that, it's just yeah. that belief that you give them. Look, you'll get through this. You'll get through it. You know, just just think of solutions rather than stuff like that. Do you know what that's a really good point you just said there? Because I had this conversation with Rob Moore actually, and you've just summed it up
0: better than we did in about an hour. But I think probably a uh, mentoring. I'm not then probably a big fan of say coaching, but mentoring, yes. And I think yeah, through yeah, I'd rather learn through someone's experience than perhaps someone who's set up a business to teach people stuff that they probably haven't done themselves, if that makes sense. Well, exa- um, so I yeah. think, yeah, mentor is very
1: powerful. Uh, just to go on that quick example, and the, and, and there is is great area between a mentor and a coach. I think the example that I give when I do my talks is in 2009 when the recession hit us hard and we were in the recruitment sector and we got nearly wiped out. My coach, who was really good, they had their own business and it, they struggled through it. Well, my mentor walked in and said, look, I've been it, I've done it, you're going to get through this, trust me, do this, this, this. It's just that raw experience. It's like a footballer, you know, like like Steven Gerrard will go to Apprentice and say, you're going to make it. I believe in you. Just having that from someone who's been... It's worth a lot. Worth a lot. Yeah, it's worth a lot i just said the coaches do a really good role. I'm not saying coaches ain't good. I think coaches have their own little role, but, you know, people don't understand yeah. the difference. And, uh, yeah, great stuff. But we've just, like, gone straight into this. I- I've not even started where we we're going to start, but we are going to do a follow-up to this in our studio because I think yeah. it'd be amazing. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. you know, and you know. that that was actually, I think it was kind of the first week of lockdown, wasn't it, pretty much? Or was it the week before? It was very, I think it it's must very have been the week It was very close. Yeah. It was very be- close.
1: Because I could, uh, you know, we-, we sense it was coming. And uh, to be honest, yeah. our, you know, our studio got locked down straight away as well. So we've been like working yeah. for my, like, look, we've got an office at home, which, which makes it easier. And
0: I, I didn't, I did not want to be in a confined space with you.
1: Yeah. At all. <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I, I don't cannot, blame you. I can smell Especially, the germs. especially I could, uh, you know, we could have a little wrestle as well. <laughs> a little ring there for us. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, that sounds a little bit sexual, but thanks anyway. <laughs> if I look like I'm, if I look like I'm manoeuvring around a lot, I'm on a balance ball, by the way. Which is oh, are you really? I do that. Are you really? Oh, yeah, lovely. yeah, because I've got a bad, I've got a bad back. I, I th- think I th- know oh, I put weight on I, I broke one last week. I actually burst one. You burst the. <laughs> I, I burst the balance ball. It wasn't the finest. I was now, wondering what you know, I, th- I thought
1: you were just nervous talking to me doing that, but, you know, you don't have to be... Yeah, you know, I
0: just... Because I, d- I forget. But the nice thing about balance ball, they're great for your core, you see. So you can kind of like... I know oh, you yeah, I like it. it that I'm actually swerving around, but it's great for your core. It's just dead comfy. It's, yeah, it's like yeah. being a space hopper as a child.
1: You know the grenade... Obviously, your story, I'm going to save that to my episode that we're going to do, the long one. But just tell me a bit about the, yep. the brand. Why did you choose the name Grenade? Because I think, you know, it's fascinating. Uh, okay, around.
0: so um, I'm I've really interested in the military. I've been interested in the military since I was a kid. Because uh, I, I, I grew up in Birmingham, but my parents had a caravan on the south coast. So that's generally where a lot of the um, military training bases are, like Boddington and uh, the, the Royal Marine Commandos train at pool harbor and uh, so and, and my dad was into the military my uh, my grandparents were in the military one of my grandparents was a tank designer and the other one he was a, an arp warden so and my dad was never interested in football and cricket or sports or anything like that so i was kind of grown up where dads most dads would probably take their kids to football dad would take me to like you know Bobington tank museum or something like that so um I, I, I was always been, and I was never allowed to have a gun or anything like that. So I grew up kind of always wanting wanting some clients, my shooting and that now. Um, so I've, I've always enjoyed that. And I think with the best is you gravitate towards what you enjoy. And I've had, an, and then I've always been interested in health and fitness and training as well separately. And then I had a distribution business called Fusion, which was set up in the late 90s, importing product from mostly the US uh, and distributing it around the UK um, and it, mostly bodybuilding style. Product, and uh, because that was kind of where the supplement industry was, then it was pretty pretty hardcore. Um, And I thought, actually, there's 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 more benefit to these products than just you know than, than bodybuilding. There's some really good stuff. There's lots of bad stuff as well, but there's a lot of good stuff about. So I kind of and I went from being a distributor, a middleman distributor for kind of bodybuilding brands, into then doing my version or our version of a of a product. Which was more fitness related. So it was just weight loss. We didn't bother with protein powders and all that stuff. Um, we we came up with a weight loss product, and then we didn't really know how to brand the weight loss product. And one day I was I was out running, and um, I, I I'd given some product to a friend of mine, some of these blank capsules, to a friend of mine that was uh, doing some special forces training at the time, and uh, he'd had these capsules to go and do some training. And I said, you know, what do you think? And he said, like I swallowed a grenade. And then that's it. We went and trademarked the name Grenade. And I was amazed actually we could trademark it in Europe. We couldn't get it in the US, but subsequently did get it in the US probably about two years later. Um, in fact, it might've been a year later, just through again, a coincidence of someone I knew through Sports Nutrition whose, drink, whose products I distributed actually had this trademark in the US that he wasn't using. And um, we managed to, to buy it off him. And then yeah, we combined all the things that we loved, Where I love, because my wife hates the military, um, but, uh, but she's fitness mad. So we combined the military and the fitness stuff, and it's such a copycat industry, you know, what isn't. We wanted to come up with something that was really protectable. And not only could we protect the name, because Grenade was such an obvious protectable name within sports nutrition, because everything sounded very sciencey. Um, and you know, that didn't, it was very kind of obviously clearly sort of uh, military. And I'm just a big believer with brands that you need to, if you, if your brand says all the things, about your brand that you then don't need to say, that's powerful. So, you know, under armour, you know, that kind of, that sort of inner strength and that almost like a coat of armour, you know, for that compression wear sort of tells, tells you a lot. And I think, you know, Grenade being impactful, memorable, explosive, does what it says on the tin. I got sick of distributing supplements um well in fact I tell a lie, i never distributed supplements that didn't work so i wouldn't touch them but i got sick of seeing other supplements being distributed that didn't work so I, i'm we made a commitment that, you know anything we did would be really effective because as a consumer i just hate being disappointed um so uh, and we not only protected the name but also came up with that that bottle so if you knew the name you know what it looked like because if you said to most people grenade know what a grenade looks like so if you and if you saw the bottle and you couldn't see the name you, you, if you knew one, you knew the other. So, um, two hundred and two design marks, trademarks, pending patents. Later, we've got it all kind of pretty, um, pretty locked up. And then that's kind of really given us, a, 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 you know, a license, a bit like Virgin, really. Where you know, Virgin Holdings has got several hundred companies. I feel like with Grenade, we could potentially have that really that holding um, company, that trusted brand, and then kind of go and put, you know, our stamp on it. And, and as our guys, you know, Neil in marketing always says to me, let's do, you know, what's our version of that event? What's a grenade version? You know, if, if one company is doing one thing, we'll go and do our version of it, which is why, you know, we don't sponsor and we get asked a thousand times a day to sponsor events. You know, we don't sponsor anything. If we're going to do it, we'll do our version of it. We don't just want to come sponsor a football match and put a logo next to yeah. it because Barclay card can do that. <laughs> clever about that. Um, you know, so we try and do stuff that's clever um, in a way. And whether that comes from me or not, I doubt it. But, um, yeah, we've, we've, just, we've just always believed in sort of the, the, the power of brand. And it's just something that consumers, most importantly, can have a really strong opinion on. And if they love it, that's brilliant. If they hate it, that's absolutely fine. You know, people always say to me, um, I, I get a lot of questions about, about brand and consumers loving their brand. And they always think that consumers should love, love, love a brand. But actually, they don't. They just have to have an opinion on it. Um, you know, I don't like Marmite, um, yeah. but I know all about it. And, you know, it's, but there's lots of people that do. So hence, they use that as a marketing campaign. Um, simple, really.
1: Yeah, I like that. It's a great story. So the link is amazing because obviously you've got the, you know, go, being young. But, you know, a lot of people have got ideas and people have got some great brands. And by the way, what amazing that you can trademark that name because that, you wouldn't even thought you could get that because it's such a grenade, you know, everyone is a grenade. But what made It was you-
0: so obvious. It was staring everyone in the face
1: that's what i'm saying to you it's like amazing i mean you think of something now um it's amazing but you know you're you're unique you know you've got this great things many people have built great names what do you think made you guys different yes i get the story yes i get this concept of brand but then, then there's a lot that goes behind doesn't it to make it such a good you know Lo-
0: yeah loads um and you kind of need all of it and again, people ask me all the time, you know, what work, they always look for one thing. They want one thing you did that no one else did. And I think the one thing that we did that no one else did was we did all of it. So, you know, to tell you back in the, in, in the early days of Grenade, you know, Jules and I as entrepreneurs and working hard, pretty formidable, you know, especially Jules, I would say she made the Terminator look lazy. Um, so you've got these really hardworking, passionate people, and that's infectious um, wanting to make the very best product that they can wanting to make it as impactful and stand out. You know, we put it in a grenade bottle on a shelf, you know, so very impactful. We went out and got the best athletes, you know, the leanest athletes. Um, I learned years ago, personality goes a long way, you know, and, and we worked with and work with the retailers to the point that, you know, if, if Sir Alan Jules were going into a meeting, they'd be excited about it before we turned up. And we saw that over and over again with Holland and Barrett. Where, like I said, whether they loved the product or hated it, if they loved it, you know, they wanted to meet us and say nice things. If they hated it, they wanted to tell us why they hated it. You know, and again, it was absolutely fine. You know, sometimes this just split the room literally. But if we went in, you know, they remembered that meeting. It wasn't like a couple of other fairly corporate people going in. Oh, hello, yeah, we want to sell you this product and we don't really care about it but you should but we don't um you know and it's all that we go and go right this is what we've got this is what we're going to do and i think like i said it's that it's that infectiousness and then you know where we've done bars we've always done stuff that frankly everyone else found far difficult to, to too hard to do so people told us you could never make a high protein low sugar bar it tastes like a chocolate bar so we went and did it um and it took us years to do it and and we still spend years on npd but a lot of other people just don't bother um, so that, you know, that's a big one. And I think then we've got all this amazing consumer-generated content where consumers love us like, like, you know, like we love it. So that's just so powerful for a, for a brand because it means then, you know, like I said, consumers can kind of generate their own content um, and we don't have to. And I think at its simplest, you know, we love it and have fun with it So because we do, other people do. It's one of those brands that sort of makes you smile. So if we rock up in London with James Haskell and an orange tank, um, people like our grenade have turned up. And they probably know we've turned up before they've seen the word grenade anywhere, which again is really powerful, because there's not many brands that could do that. And then we have the difficult thing: we have to keep on building on that and keep on surpassing people's expectations. Um, But I think in terms of you know uh, to to, answer your question, continue with the list. Yeah, we did all the shows with a tank. We sampled more than anyone else. You know, we 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 had clothing, you know, nice clothing to support the, the the products that that we had, and you know, we still do um and weirdly we're not that bothered about making money so we just kind of do the right thing you know if you wanted to make money during coronavirus giving away hundreds and hundreds of thousands of drinks and bars wasn't the way to do it but i just i've just got this belief that doing the right thing goes a long way and someone said to me years ago he said i don't understand you He said you could buy something for a tenner sell it for a fiver and yet somehow you've made money and i think maybe that's the true essence of an entrepreneur because I could do that, buy something and give it away, but generate so much goodwill from it that it comes back tenfold, more so than had we sold the product in the first place. So I'm a big believer in, um, uh, you know, doing some of this sort of stuff. And it just goes on and on, you know, hard work, consistency, believing in what we do. So, you know, it's 10 years to the day and I'm still sat here just as passionate as I was 10 years ago. Yes, with a lot more people around me and lots more sales and a bigger marketing budget, but i love it as much as i always loved it and i think maybe that's kind of the, the, the secret source and i think where other people have sold their brands or sold shares in the brands they lose interest and i think people potentially thought that's what would happen with us and you know to be fair it hasn't i think we just you know we we're, we're, as, we're as driven as ever
1: yeah i love that there's so much information there just to break some of that down you know you know being yourself believing in what you do and you know even myself when we won the new look contract uh two thousand nine, ten, when we we're coming out of the recession. It was my personality of just being passionate that got me ahead of these big corporate companies and uh, when, when everyone was quite close. So really being passionate about what you do and then branding it yeah. and then putting in the work is it everything works to a successful model, doesn't it? There's not one yeah. thing. People, people like people and you gotta be consistent because yeah.
0: you know, my family worked hard their whole lives. They didn't have that much to show for it at the end. But if you see an entrepreneur, you know, you'll see a lifetime of hard work. If you look at Richard Brass, 50 years in, he's still working hard. So that consistency, you can't always be at 100%, but I think you've got to be close to it. And um, a lot of people just can't do it. And, you know, and again, being selfish, uh, you know, we never had kids. So we get up, we'd work, we'd go to bed. We didn't have distraction of children and schools and holidays and them being ill and all this sort of stuff. We could actually be kind of quite selfish and it, you know, if we were awake, we're working, Um, which again, you know, brings to the sort of problems, which again is kind of wired away this whole lockdown thing. Um, This is going to sound really bizarre, and I don't mean to trivialise this as well, but because it's been so different from what we would normally do, uh, just that change has been like a rest. And, you know, I don't want to say it's been like a holiday, because it hasn't been like a holiday, because we don't take holidays. But Just that change has been like a, just a, almost like a rest because it's, it's kind of, um, I think, re energized, certainly re energized me.
1: Um,
0: Whereas before you can just get kind of caught in the day to day.
1: Yeah. And and everyone's had to pause because sometimes as an entrepreneur, you may want to break, but your clients and your customers want more and more. So it's hard to kind of break it. But now we are going to take a bit of a break, aren't they? Well,
0: you know what I feel as well? I'm always under, and you will be as well as an employee, uh, an employer. And, you know, I, I'm both because I'm, I'm basically employed by Lion because Lion own, you know, 60% of Grenade. So uh, I'm under a lot of pressure. Not that they put me under pressure, but I put myself under a lot of pressure because I don't want to let people down because they've invested in us. I don't want to let the consumers down, and I don't want to let myself down and my family or the team. So, uh, and when this happened, so this year, we smashed our Q1 numbers, which were really aggressive. So, and as is, you know, March, best month we've ever had. And then kind of COVID's kicked in and it's, it's all changed. But when kind of I was at the helm making my decisions, you know, in this growing market and that, that normal market where we could kind of do what we want, everything we said we'd do, we've done and we've hit those numbers. The, now we're in this different situation. I actually feel a bit like the pressure's off because there's so many things now I just can't do because I can't make the shops reopen. I can't make the virus go away. I can't make people be healthy. There's so many things you actually can't do. Whereas when the shops are open, you know, you have to work with them and you know, this stuff then is all within your control. It's out of my control now. So to be honest, I actually feel less anxious than before this happened, which yeah, it was quite nice. And other silly things I've done, like um, a, a, my Tom who worked with his wife's a nurse and there was all the hand washing thing. And you know, she was saying, you know, make sure you're washing your wrists. And like, you know, I, I, I wear a watch. I've worn a watch for 40 years. Yeah. And I'm sure, oh, yeah, they're like breeding grounds for germs. I haven't worn a watch for two months. I'm the same. And I, yeah, do you know what? I don't bloody miss it. No. Because I can see the time there. I can see the time here. I can see the time there. What well, did I need to wear a watch for? I, did, I never realised that. Yeah. And just not having that is liberating. It's no, bizarre, so- isn't it? But all these little things no. that you just think, <laughs> I didn't know. I, do you know, I'm not sure I'll ever go back to wearing a watch again.
1: The thing is, and even,
0: you. Even, and, uh, Well, So at one stage, I had a Fitbit and I've got like a Garmin GPS, like a pilot's watch. And Tom at work said to me, he said, well, how do you know how many steps you've done every day? I said, I couldn't give a shit. (laughs) But before I did, I was like, I've done 19,000 sets, but I I better do 20. Who cares? So it's really made people actually think about what's important. And I think maybe all this consumerism and uh, this constant desire to obtain all this stuff, you know, maybe, maybe that will change. I do miss flying. I've not been able to fly around. But I've got my own aircraft and I, I do because I fly myself. So I do miss that. But to be honest, if I could, if I could trade that plane for the, um, in and you know, no one flew anywhere and the weather was like this all the time where the weather I think is clearly better because there's no pollution. I would, I would give up all my cars and the plane tomorrow just to have weather like this all the time and just cleaner air and better wildlife. I actually had to close the windows today because the wildlife is so loud outside. I thought it might be the sound quality, but isn't that a crazy upside? And I'd I'd happily give all the cars to have this all the time.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, That's that's something I've realised.
1: No, you're right. I was doing a, a live video in my garden. I couldn't do it because the birds were so loud, and you only realised that
0: bloody things. I I just shot just
1: them. shut up now, okay? Get the, get <laughs> <Just> the planes <laughs> going, or rather the planes. But yeah, you know, look, I'll, you know, we could probably talk about business. We've both been business quite a and long time. we'll do time. another one. We'll do we'll another. One. So I want, I want to just leave this for some tips for my listeners. Obviously, they they're business guys. You know, different kind of industries. You know, this pandemic. You know what? I know you've mentioned things about you know relaxing and having that time to think. But what what has changed you on a business sense? You know, um, have you have you have learned anything yourself on a business sense which you would now take forward? I know about the commute. Anything else that's come out from it? I guess from a
0: business perspective, we're now talking about you know how the lockdowns going to end and how we're going to go back into work and who's going to go because you know, we, we were pretty tight on office space anyway. You know, we're actually, we were looking to move. I'm sure we still, we will move. But, you know, where we've got 70 people in office, now there's going to be 20, I guess, because of social distancing. And actually we're saying for the first time, actually like, you know, who needs to go in every day? you know, do I need to go in every day or whatever? And I think a lot of our team won't need to be able to work from home. I think the marketing team who, you know, need a lot of face-to-face interaction will be kind of get priority. And I think most others will just kind of work more remotely. So I guess I'm saying the whole work-life balance or work-life blend, as I like to call it, is probably going to change. I don't think I'll be going back into the office five days a week um, just because, I, I, you know, the team are so good. I don't need to, they don't need me there. If I'm there, I'll get invited to loads of stuff and that's loads of things that actually they don't need to ask me. So I'm kind of wasting my own time. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so that, that's, that's probably something I've, I've maybe learned the most. Um, I mean, you know, there's, there's definitely going to be a, a lot of struggling people out there between now and the end of the year and into, into next year. So we should all make a conscious effort to really think about how we can, um, help them. Um, but uh, uh, another thing and i guess i knew this I, i've learned again how much brand love there is for grenade and how when people are given the opportunity to buy our stuff you know they buy us just hand over fist over anyone else all these other brands copy us but yeah. where we're sat you know side thank you where we're sat, sort of side by side consumers pick us you know every time and, and actually we, we've and again i think we knew this anyway but a lot of our competitors are of big chocolate brands now just regular chocolate brands um, or they're owned by regular chocolate brands. And these brands have got armies of field sales people that go out and constantly re-merchandise product and make sure it's in stock and make sure it's at the, you know, I mean, Coke aren't a competitor, but Coke do this. They'll go into stores two or three times a day, and they make sure the bottles are facing front and it's all pulled forward on the shelf. Um, and, you know, if someone physically goes in and does that, we we can do some stores maybe once a week. Where we've got big chocolate competitors, they can do it once a day. because. Uh, and therefore outsell us because we'll be sold out and they won't because they've replenished the shelves themselves because people in in stores don't have time to necessarily replenish the shelves which is again bizarre and it's another one for another day but yeah shops haven't got time to fill the shelves but anyway um they don't so you know external people go in and do it and we've learned that without that army of field sales people out there and that advantage being removed we outsell those chocolate brands 10 times over because you've got a completely organic choice, you yeah. know, between us and a chocolate bar brand. Um, and both will look a bit disheveled or, you know, be be having been well shopped, we call it, and they'll just pick us. Whereas, yeah, if one of the other brands has gone in and made it all look pretty and probably taken us off shelf or hidden mm-hmm. us behind something else, uh, you know, that they, they've they've been kind of um outmaneuvering us just by throwing money at it. And yeah. because now I think this actually has leveled the playing field. Um and I guess the other thing I've learned as well is how quickly the, the, the very sexiest stores in the UK, like petrol stations and train stations and airports and well-known coffee shops, um, as the highest football locations you can think of yeah. how overnight they can become the lowest football locations. So where we always kind of, you know, prioritize central London cause you do, cause it's the most densely populated. Um, it does make you realize as well that how quickly you can lose it and you know every store even the remote stores so now you know the kind of the remote village country stores convenience stores are now kind of the best locations potentially to buy grenades so we've always valued all of them it's amazing how fast those things can can flip um and, and actually again i suppose uh, whether it's through luck or judgment you know probably a bit of both how well positioned grenade was and is to, to weather something like this because you know, we've got multiple products, multiple categories, multiple retailers on and offline, um, very digitally uh, contemporary brand in 80 countries. You know, and it still hit us because it hit everywhere. If you were in you know, one country, one channel, one product, one retailer, you'd be screwed. So you've really got to make sure that you kind of uh, protect the downside.
1: Yeah, it's great to see your positive energy, you know, to have that kind of impact your business, worldwide business. And, and look at the energy you're showing. And it's because you believe in the brand. You know, a lot of people don't believe in what they're doing. They're not going to want to open the, fight. They're not open the fight, are they? And we've been super
0: careful at grenades. So touch wood, no one yet has been ill or any of their direct families yeah. have been ill. And out there, you know, people, people are dying. So, you know, we could be much, much, much worse off. You know, it doesn't matter if we sort of do or don't sell stuff as long as we're all okay. So um, I think, like I said, probably I'm, I'm feeling, um, you know, less anxious than, than I was a few months ago. Um, and and it's been uh, really inspirational and fantastic to see the team step up Um, amazing how the team stepped up Um, some of whom have been with me for years and have always been good but like another level uh, you know when this has kicked in, incredible really and again it's kind of my job to make sure that you know I can kind of spot the talent and spot um, you know those kind of rising stars and I think it's every entrepreneur's job to surround themselves with people cleverer than they are Um, you know, just so you can kind of conduct the orchestra, but without running around playing all the instruments. So, um, you know, picking, I think good people over the years has really paid off, um, you know, as well. So what about, what about you? What's the biggest business uh, sort of, uh, thing you've learned
1: over the last think, six, six, seven weeks. Obviously, on the mentoring, I get messages all the time, and obviously we have some through our Academy. I think the biggest thing for me is just telling people to get on with stuff, with actions. Don't panic about things, because a lot of the questions I get is, what can I do, what can't I do? And when I sit down with them and talk to them over the phone now on Zoom, what are you doing? And normally they're not doing anything. And just start yeah, action yeah, yeah. taking, start testing, start your online marketing that you haven't been doing. Start doing your Facebook ads, your Google ads, and you know, start moving. Cause you know, great bit of advice I got from David McCourt, who came on recently, um, the billionaire from the US. And he gave some great advice. And one thing he said to me is was Jay, you know, you've got you've to kind of try to fast, fast forward, look forward. And think of how we're going to come out and what we're going to look like, you know, and then work backwards from there. Don't wait for things to happen. You know, make things happen yourself. And I just thought, you know what? And this is where we go back to mentoring. It's not rocket science advice. But coming from him, I just thought, wow, you know what? And then the listeners were like, they were like, what amazing advice. And it's simple advice, but coming from him. And it's so true.
0: Do you know what it is? Actually, yeah, that's, some, that's something that's so ridiculously simple. We never think about that, do we? But yeah. I tell people all the time, in fact, I told someone, we had a call a few hours ago on something else, and there was a lot of thinking going on. I said, guys, don't get a thinker. Want some doers? Yeah. So less thinking, more doing. If you're doing something, it's got to be better than just thinking about doing it. It's got to be, even if you get it wrong, it's still got to be better. Yeah. And a friend of mine actually has been, going. gonna uh, he, his wife's been starting her own business. Um, for the last, as long as I can remember, the last few years and kept on doing courses after courses oh. after courses Christ. and a degree and another degree and a PhD and a master's. And I said, stop learning, yeah. start earning um, and they, and she's just started it in the middle of all this. Brilliant. And she said, oh, I wish I'd done it years ago. I said, I told you years ago, but it's oh. so simple, isn't it? Just uh, maybe you should actually start. J- um,
1: it's because it's like you
0: wouldn't dream to win. You wouldn't dream of winning a race, would you, without actually you start line? No,
1: oh, you wouldn't. <laughs> you know the funny thing was um because people like because I've been mentor. I've been learning a business mentor because my prince's trust work. I did have to selling my business, but I had my mentor on. I think uh if ten years ago, when he fit, well eleven years ago, and I interviewed him, and everyone says Jay, you done really well. It's funny because I asked him. I said, Mike, what was it in me that you saw? And he said, it's so simple. He goes. The difference between you and others is, is when I gave you some advice, you'd actually do it. You'd run with it. Yeah. When others yeah. wouldn't, you just go and do it. You get a nugget and, you, and that's what I did. And it's not rocket science. And like you said, the problem we've got now is, and that's why I think mentoring and coaching is good, because it gets you accountable. Whereas, you know, if you yeah. go after course, after, there's always someone selling an idea or something. And it's never straightforward. Just, just, And even if you do a course, I think a course could just actually do the action steps.
0: Do you want me to tell you my favorite ever mentoring, coaching, whatever you want to call yeah, it? Yeah, one of my it? questions, let's go to that. Yeah,
1: what was it called? Let's talk.
0: Right. Okay. So I have, I'm not having it now, obviously for obvious reasons because of the lockdown, but I've yeah. been having sports massage of a guy because I really value my training and my, my health. So I've been having sports massage of a guy for pretty much four years. I'm his longest um, standing client, basically, every week for an hour and a half. So I don't spend an hour and a half a week with anyone basically. So he gets an hour and a half of, a week of my time, um, where he can have anything and, you know, we just chat shit and he's a really energetic guy. I love him. He comes around the house. Anyway, he was he was gonna set up this this business. I'm, I'm yeah. even gonna say what it is. It was like a sauna business. Yeah. And he told me all about the science and, and whatever. And it sounds amazing. And I said, I'll have one. He said, the fact I'll have two. Yeah. Four years on, like never happened. Bit, bits would happen and anyway about a year ago I said I don't want to know stop telling me not interested <laughs> yeah. I said because you don't fucking do it yeah yeah and I said I've even ordered them I don't even want one I've even ordered it off you and you haven't done it <laughs> so anyway I said never tell me about the sauna business ever again he went do you know what fair comment that's fair <laughs> so for a year we never talk about it so anyway then I did a podcast last year with Steve Bartlett yeah, so I see. do this podcast, The Diary of a CEO, and this podcast, it's uh, a, a lot of downloads. Yeah. And um, I see Ben that night, and he's listened to this podcast, and he came in, and he went, oh, I heard your podcast, unbelievable. Yeah. I went, right. And he went, stuff you said on that podcast. I went, I told you all this, <laughs> weekly, to your face, for three years. Yeah. And he went, Different on the radio, <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just like, uh, but isn't it amazing how you can tell yeah. someone something, and it just like whoosh, and then yeah, the minute you go on like a you know a talk show, or whatever, all of a sudden you're like a hero, and it that advice becomes credible. It's really bizarre. That's my favourite story. He, he subsequently went and did it. <laughs>
1: that's good. That's <laughs> eventually,
0: cu- but eventually, it's really yeah. funny how, yeah. and I think that's the thing. You can tell people stuff kind of one on one. It's yeah. But the minute you kind of broadcast it, whether it's correct or not, it becomes like hearsay.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: it becomes absolute gospel. Sorry, it's
1: like a, it's like a flit, It's like a switch that flick. I think one of the key one of the key things I say to people to, to get them, you know, clicked and get into action is look. I think there's some research done when someone went around to all the the care homes and spoke to the older generation, and one of the key message out of all these little messages was um, the regret of not doing it. It wasn't about yeah, yeah, yeah. anything else. It's about I didn't take the idea. I didn't do this. So even if you think you're going to fail, just do it anyway because you'll learn so much. Yeah. Um, and that's the yeah, most important I,
0: I, thing. I, I, do you know, I've been saying this a lot the last 12 months about failure and not fearing failure and failure being your friend. And it's got to be, it's got to be quick failure, not slow failure because that's, that's worse. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't regret anything. Um, I would hate to look back. And yeah, for that point, I don't want to be the person in the old person, people's home. It's just, like, oh, I wish I'd worked harder. I wish I'd done that brand. I wish I'd, you know, taken that meeting and had that idea. I wish I'd done this. I wish I'd done that. You know, I want to be the person that's saying, well, actually, you know, I did this and it didn't work. I did that and it didn't work. But I had fun or I did this and it did work. And whether it's worked or not, yeah, just do it. Just, just um, do doing... it. You know, just trying to. There's, people are ter- but people are terrified of failing. They are. But failing is better than just, if you haven't done it, you failed. I'd rather do it and fail than not do it. And then you've automatically failed. Do it. At least you had a go. What's well, it's um, a, fa- a fear of failure.
1: Thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you can even, there's, there's, there's multiple layers of um, fear as well, actually. A friend of mine Jeff Thompson, a martial arts expert. And he wrote whole books about fear and post-fight fear and all this stuff. And it's fascinating, actually, how he used to talk about being scared of how you would feel after you've had, say, a fight or a confrontation before you'd even had the fight, and it, you know it's an absolute thing. So a situation arises, and and you kind of yeah, it's like called pre-post fight fear, um, and that's just into the fighting and that adrenaline. But yeah, imagine in business, people just talk themselves out of it, um, and I, you know I get that it's kind of scary, but it, the, the, the you know. History will judge the people that did stuff and the people that didn't do stuff. And well, I know I which side I'd rather be on.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you. People say that obviously through my, I was a really good salesperson and and people say, you know, when I mean sales, I could talk and hold a conversation. You know, and, and how do you get that? Well, the first time I picked up the phone, I was sh- bricking myself. Yeah, but I got over that fear and you get a fear of rejection. Then you, then you go through a phase where it's not about you, it's about your company. But you've got to go through that phase I mean, everyone's yeah. done that. And that's the key thing, isn't it? Um, but look, we... A friend, a friend of mine always says about controlling your
0: environment. And um, and again, you know, that sort of that, that, uh, that fear of failure. And, you know, control the environment and not let the environment control you. Um, and, you know, hence I'm a massive believer in business. You should do stuff that terrifies you. You know, if going and speaking in front of lots of people terrifies you, don't avoid it, do it. Because I don't want to be scared of anything. I don't want to be scared of stuff like that. I want to look forward to it and enjoy it. So, yeah, it's amazing how many people. And I know some people are more confident than others, but like you said, it just comes back confidence. I think you can you can learn, and 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 you know, like we've been saying all along, personality gets you a long way, and that's something that's very unique to you. It's free, and there's a distinct lack of it in the world. And if you've got a bit of personality, and that's where you meet yourself. People like Rob Moore, Steve Bartlett, personality. They're not always necessarily you know, saying anything that, you know, super, super clever. None of us, are, you know, Stephen Hawking, yeah. are we? But it, it is just the fact that we're saying it and it's simple and it's real advice. Yeah. Um, and everyone has got the ability to do that. It is free. Um, and you know, we t- I talk a lot about being disruptive and Steve Bartlett was asked a lot about, you know, what's it mean to be disruptive and, you know, being disruptive can just be really cheap. It doesn't have to be expensive and anyone can be disruptive. Um, and you're better off having no money to be disruptive because if you've got money, you'll probably spend it. And if you actually haven't got it, you can't spend it. So it really gets uh, really gets um, the creative juices flowing if you you know you can't throw money at things because that's what the big brands do, they just chuck money at it.
1: They do, they do. And the way you can win, that's how you know, you've done your business, I did my business, is using your personality, your hands, your hard work, your dedication, because you can't outwin the brands in my industry and especially yours. No. And- you're left with yourself. Kind of so. them. I'll, give
0: you, I'll give you an example. So when we first launched uh, Grenade Fat Burner, our biggest competitor was Thermovol by uh, Maximus, And again, Maximus had been set up by Zev Eisenberg. He sold it, you know, for a lot of money to, to GlaxoSmithKline. I would rather take on Glaxo, GlaxoSmithKline and their billions of pounds and their tens of thousands of employees than have taken on Zev, the entrepreneur, you know, because... Um, when you know we were marketing thermodetonator we got 12 pounds to spend so you know we went and bought a couple of t-shirts to you know to get us started they spent 12 million sponsoring the rear wing of a formula one car which you know i don't know how many people saw but probably no one cared but you know so you're not going to outspend them but you can outthink them and and actually uh, although uh, as competitors you know we had that vested interest in grenade and and actually the, the GSK guys were kind of watching us and kind of wanting us to win because they didn't have any vested interest in Maximus doing well because GSK owned it and they just worked there. So no one really had the ownership mentality over that brand like we did. So they were kind of like as the underdogs, people kind of willing us to win. So really strange from a competitor. But, you know, we didn't we didn't hurt them you know we haven't hurt anyone versus doing well the better that we've done the better everyone's done frankly there have never been any losers around Grenade and I think that's one of the reasons that um, again, uh, it's been so popular and well-liked because everyone has prospered, whether you're a supplier, a consumer, a retailer, someone that's worked for us. Um, uh, competitor brands have learned a lot from us and have been sold for huge sums of money because they copied what we did. So, you know, e- e- everyone's... Um, word. But just one thing, I know we've got to wrap up, but I'd love to finish just with this, if I may. Uh, go, go for it, go for it. Things as well, about, well, one of the best things about this current situation and us doing what we do and being entrepreneurs is just... And one of the best tips I could give to anyone is just surround yourself with people that you really like. Always do that. You know, no one negative, uh, just good, nice, honest, hardworking people that you trust, respect, you know, admire, whatever the word m- might be. Doesn't matter what they've got. I've got friends who are billionaires. I've got friends who are bin men. Um, but I surround myself with people that that I like. Anyone around you that's toxic, including family, just get new ones, you know, just get get, get new friends. Um, and that's the, right. the best advice I could give you because we all have a, a choice. And that's why it's nice doing things like this, because through the yeah. entrepreneur network, I've met so I can't think of an entrepreneur I've ever met that I didn't like. Because we're all so similar. Because it's just like everyone wants to talk about thing, and they're just, just nice positive people.
1: I just about to say to you because people ask I interview and you interview lots of good people and honestly most good successful entrepreneurs, they're humble. They're just nice people. I know and, and we get Ron the Dennis, image. <laughs> we, we get we this Im-
0: rang me the other week. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go on, there's a delay on the line. Sorry, go on, now, I am
1: just going to say that, you know, we have this perception when you're starting a your business oh, that these guys are not going to talk and reach out to you. But every entrepreneur, whether it's a billionaire, they're so nice and I can't believe. What we've got to do is take the ones who just shout loudest and are shouting a load of bollocks basically and make sure you yeah, go to the ones yeah. that are actually trying to help people which you, me and all of us are trying to do in the long term. And
0: again, the, the, there's, yeah, there's, there's some wealthy tossers and there's some, just, you know, some, some entrepreneurs out there are tossers but you can see them a mile away and just avoid them. You know, I, I want to make money. We all want to make money but I want to make money with a conscience in the right way and having fun doing it. And yeah, I was on a call the other week and Ron rang me so I've got to go. I've got Ron Dennis on the phone and um, I was like, oh, hi, Ron, how are you? And we're out, having a chat. He said, no, oh, Alice. I said, no, and, you know, we didn't know each other. And um, he said, oh, um, I we know me." He said that I, I, I really want some protein bars for this NHS thing. Then You make the best one. And I've been told to sort of uh, give you a ring. And you've been yeah. told you're a good guy. And, um, and, he, and he said, like, you know, can I have 250,000 protein bars? <laughs> it took him about four seconds to talk me into it. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And, and he said, do you know what? He said, and I, I said, look, it's a lot for us. I said, but yeah, I'll do it. And um, I've never met him. And um, he said, I shan't forget it. He said, I don't forget stuff like this. So it's like, yeah, no problem, whatever. And um, shipped it all. And um, that sort of stuff. And I think that's the type of thing that again if that had been a different company you could have a whole board you could decide who would do it why you would do it why you wouldn't do it what it would cost yeah. um but it was just kind of felt like a very simple decision that we should do and it was the right thing to do
1: right thing to and, do yeah
0: you know i can't see it backfiring on us whether we get any benefit from it i don't know but i think if people finish a 12-hour shift and get one of our drinks and bars and enjoy it there's the benefit and they'll remember that we were thinking of them at this time and yeah we weren't sort of uh, doing what you know certain brands and companies and countries are doing whereby they're increasing the prices of everything and taking uh taking the proverbial uh, basically but um i've loved having a chat with you jay so uh, thanks for doing this virtually no look, Keep pushing me.
1: i really appreciate your time and you know uh we're going to do a proper one. i think this is being dictated by what we're in at the moment which is i think it's more important um and we're going to go deeper and you're going to come to the studio i can't wait for that we'll go for that lunch that we we're going to do brilliant uh, yes thank you yeah but yeah that's awesome